Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. Welcome to Leverage to Scale. I'm your host for this episode. I'm Dan and I am excited to bring in uh, this guy who is enjoying a little bit of Hawaii background, Matt Rouse. (laughs) Matt, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Oh man, I'm I'm doing well. So Matt, you are managing uh, one of the managing partners at Hook SEO. Yep. And so you are also a a marketer. You've got the host. You are the host of the Digital Marketing Masters podcast. Mm-hmm. You are a digital marketing guy, and uh, and an entrepreneur as well. So, but but that's a lot of words. Yeah. When you tell somebody, when you introduce yourself, you say, "Hey, I'm Matt." How do you describe yourself and what you do and what you're about, man? So, well, I I kind of lead with the host of the Digital Marketing Masters podcast because that kind of gets people, you know, a little excited at first, right? And uh, and then and then they ask me, you know, you know, what do you do for your business? And we're a digital marketing firm. Very simply put, we try and help our clients make more money by spending less time. Mm, So, spend less time, make more money. And the majority of what we do is kind of twofold. Uh, on one side, we are a email marketing and advertising firm. And on the other end, we solve really complicated SEO problems or help companies who have really difficult to find clients. Mm. So an example would be something like a bail bond agency who can't just go on Facebook and say, hey, are you in jail? <laughs> you know, Or you know, like a plastics manufacturer. Or it could be somebody who like, inspects welding or, you know, so there's, there's all these different types of businesses, um, you know, that have kind of nobody is in their niche, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's our niche. Gotcha. So B2B, B2C, anybody who just needs that extra help. Yeah. If you can't figure out how to sell things to real estate agents or you can't figure out how to like, you know, just, just these sort of random things, that's, that's kind of our bread and butter. Yeah. So what's the story behind starting your business then? What, where did that come from? Why did you want to take this journey? So I started building websites in the 90s. Um, before that, I actually built bulletin board systems, which were dial-in mm. computer systems that you would dial into uh, with a phone line. Yeah. Um, they were multi-channel. They were kind of like the predecessor to Facebook. Mm. Um, long, long time ago, back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, so I've always kind of been in that digital realm. Um, but in the 90s, I was actually doing tech support at the time. And uh, on the side, I was building websites just privately. And then uh, from there, you know, um, my career kind of went into IT and IS contracting and kind of server-side stuff. Uh, but I was working for marketing agencies um, and some pretty big companies. I used to work for like Nike Sports Marketing. I worked for Intel, you know, some other large firms while I was contracting, but I always had the web development business on the side. Mm -hmm. And my business partner, Scott also had 
uh, a business on the side. We eventually both went solo on our businesses. His was e-commerce related. Mine was web design and SEO related. And then in 2014, we merged those two together to become Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Gotcha. And do you find um, that, I mean, this might sound like a really silly question. How much has it changed from those days of dial-in bulletin boards to the to today's website and SEO and social media? I mean, that that's a huge span. It's true. Has, has, has a lot changed? A lot say the same? Is it kind of a mix? What does that feel like to you? <laughs> it's definitely a mix. Yeah. So it definitely follows that history repeating itself kind of philosophy. Mm. Um, you know, when you had dial-in bulletin board systems, I remember there was one. I lived in Canada at the time, um, kind of when I was a teenager. And there was a the bulletin board system there was called Nucleus. And they had 100 dial-in lines. So you could have a hundred people go in and like chat with each other and send each other private messages and, and people could leave each other messages and you would get this news feed of messages that people had left you. Very similar to what you see on like Twitter now, right? Or Facebook. Yeah. Um, you didn't have all the images, video and stuff like that, but um, you know, so that kind of stuff, you know, repeated itself later um, in, you know, the social media world. Websites obviously weren't as advanced, but I mean, it was still, um, you know, a little bit of images, a little bit of text, lots of blinking stuff back in the eighties. I don't know if you remember. Back I remember. Absolutely. There was just in the nineties, so much blinking. Yes. Right. And, uh, there was also, um, forums were a big thing because Usenet was kind of the internet at the time, mm-hmm. which was just a giant forum that was replicated all over the world. Um, and I mean, that would be similar to any of the forums you see online now, or, you know, even similar to something like Quora, right? Yeah. Um, SEO used to be, I mean, it started out as just, you put a keyword tag and you say, this is what my website's about, or you would go to a directory and put a website on a directory like Yahoo. Yahoo was a directory service that owned the internet at the time. (laughs) Um, don't even get started about how they (laughs) threw that in the toilet. (laughs) But yeah, uh, you know, um, it's funny. Uh, I, I remember when kind of like movies would come out and somebody would go back in time. And they would buy like Yahoo stock, but now the movies, they go back in time, they buy Google stock. (laughs) Right, right. Because Yahoo dropped the ball. Um, But anyway, yeah, so so SEO, and then it turned into, you know, kind of the the, the war that you see right now with tactics going against companies trying to get against those tactics. And there was was not anything like black hat back in the day. It was just whatever you could do to get ranked above a competitor. Yeah. And most of the competitors weren't doing anything. But, you know, if you're even on the front page for any reasonable keyword or phrase right now, you've done some SEO work, right? Yeah. Because there's not a whole lot out there where you could just put in, write some content, put some titles, some keywords in and be like, hey, I'm going to be number one. It just right. doesn't work that way anymore. No. I mean, content has definitely changed that game, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. So so you've had quite a an interesting path and, and some really good history here when it comes to internet and digital stuff. Um, and it sounds like a great story, but I want to know too, what, what's behind it? What's your, what's your why? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What's your motivation? So it's kind of funny. We, we started building this business um, under the banner of like, how can we take all the services we have and put them into a one-stop shop 
because everything that we talked to when we talked to businesses, they were always like, okay, well, this is my internet guy and this is my website guy and that's my SEO guy and this is my advertising guy. And, you know, everybody's like, or this is my girl who does design and whatever, right? And we were like, can we put all that into one place so that we can basically become the marketing department for a company or we can augment their marketing department so that they can have one go-to person who can either do all the work or can find someone to do the work for them and knows the answer to the question, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that question may be. And that was the idea behind it. Can, can, how can we help people and save them from this horrible task where they have to manage all of these vendors who each one of them does something that they don't understand? Yeah. And, and what does that do for companies when they can rely on one trusted partner rather than this conglomerate of a Frankenstein for everything? Right. Well, it frees them up to do the work that they should be doing in the mm. first place, which is running their business, right? Like, I don't know how many times I've seen frustrated business owners that are like at their wits end because they have to deal with all of these different things and they like, their map listing got taken off Google, but then their their email's not working and, and something happened to their website, got infected. And they're just like, they just don't know what to do. They have all these pieces. Everything's breaking. They don't know how to upkeep anything. You know, it's just, it turns into a technological disaster. And if you're like, you know, if you're good at plumbing, you your goal is is to be better at at plumbing or hire more people so that you can do more plumbing jobs so you can save more people's houses from floods and you know hot water heaters and and breaking toilets and sewage problems and all of these things you're not you're not trying to figure out which version of wordpress you should have and if you know you need to update php on your server you know yeah. like these are things that you don't want to deal with and I think from that frustration, we can save them the frustration, but also there's, there's a bit of a savings that comes in because you're not having to replicate all of the uh, meetings, the administration, the billing, all of that stuff can be done just once. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great perspective to be able to do what you were made to do. You, know, you do what you do, man, and hook SEO so that I can do what I am made to do. Um, and I can rely on, on that trusted partner. So Matt, it, it sounds like your experience, everything else is going, going well for you. Um, but I've got to believe that there have been times when, even though, you know, you merged with a business partner in, in 14, it's been going well, that there are times over your entrepreneurial journey that like other entrepreneurs, you've had that, that moment, air quotes, that time when you hit your rock bottom, you've said to yourself, enough is enough. What was I thinking? Have you had those moments? Uh, you know, it, it comes and goes, I think. Uh, for the most part, I mean, we try and stay pretty positive and, uh, you know, every kind of uh, hill that we come up against, we try to climb that hill and because the difficult things are what make you get better at the things that you do. Hmm. So when a challenge comes up, I want to just push straight into the challenge and try and get it done as quickly as I can. Sure, you have you have clients that maybe aren't the best. Sometimes, you know, you have people who maybe they freak out, they yell at you, they have problems of their own, whatever that is. Yeah. But, I mean, we've been doing this a long time. And we knew early on, we were like, if we're not going to take a clients who are going to be abusive of us or our staff or our personnel, we're not going to take people with unreasonable expectations. Uh, we try to be very clear in our communication to say, look, this is what you can expect. 
I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna go like this is 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 the greatest thing that's gonna happen, and this is what you're gonna get. We say here's a range. You know, it's okay. gonna be our goal is to get to here. Here's what we think maybe the worst case scenario is. Here's the best case scenario. We're probably gonna fall somewhere in the middle, but we're trying for the best one, right? And uh, you know, we want to be realistic with people, and you got to remember that a lot of businesses especially the ones that we're trying to work with. Um, a lot of times we're doing things up front that maybe some younger agencies or some agencies who take on a lot more clients, um, they wouldn't necessarily ask the same kind of questions. So our questions are things like, um, can you handle the scale that will happen of business coming in if we hit the, the, the pie in the sky level, right? So if we go after this and we say, you know, we want best case scenario, we 10x your business. Can you handle 10x of your business? Right. And things like, do you have the personnel? Do you have the phone systems? Do you have all the other things that you need to make sure that this is going to work? Right. Do you have supply chain issues, right, that we need to know about now? Um, these are all things that come up. And when we get those out of the way early, then we know if we can work with them or not. We also know how hard we can push. Right. Um, and it's, it's kind of an odd um, environment because a lot of companies, uh, maybe if they've tried some advertising online, most, most companies have dabbled a bit, right? Yeah. So they're like, well, I did some Facebook ads. It didn't work. I spent a few hundred bucks over there. And then I did some Google ads for a few thousand dollars and we got some business, but I don't know if it came from Google or not. And, you know, this is the kind of conversation that most agencies probably have over and over, right? Yeah. So what we're looking at is what did they do wrong? is this fixable? Was it actually the advertising that wasn't done correctly or the copywriting, or maybe it's not a good product market fit, or maybe the, uh, it wasn't the right deal, right? It wasn't the right offer, um, yeah. things like that. And those things will make or break the marketing for the business. And so we want to make sure that the technology's there, the scale is there, the, you know, everything that they need to deliver is going to be there before we jump in the pool. Yeah. So you're, you're using communication, setting expectations, um, asking the deep questions to, to avoid the really difficult times that so many agencies and entrepreneurs may face. You're working at that all the time. What other, uh, what other tactics or strategies maybe do you have when you face those challenges to help not get to the point where you're like, enough is enough. I'm just going to go, you know, work on a factory floor for now. Like, how do you, right. how, you know, how do you not give up when those times do get tough? What other strategies do you, do you go through? Uh, well, we definitely, um, I mean, for our agency ourselves, um, we try to build a bit of slack into our systems. We try not to book ourselves hundred percent all the time because oh, okay. you need a little bit of time off, not necessarily time off like vacations and stuff. I mean, Anybody who knows me knows I pretty much never go on vacation and I pretty much work every single day, but that's not, I'm not saying you should go out and work every single day. I just like to work, but, yeah. um, you know, I build in times like I'm going to go out, I have a four-year-old daughter. I'm going to take my daughter for a walk before school, or I'm going to take her out for lunch or something. Or my wife and I, we have a, every Wednesday after we drop my daughter off of preschool, we go and have breakfast and strategize because she works with the company also. Hmm. And so like this morning we went out, we talked about our inbox mastery course that we're launching 
and you know so we could have a nice little time out of the house kind of thing and um you know we like to put i also like to have some small times when i can just sit and think you know mm. just not it's not booked as client work it's not seo work ad work whatever it's just sit and think and try and you know clear your mind and, and let your mind have some time to solve some problems yeah. and it gives you time to relax a little bit too you know things can get tense um I do really like, you know, if you're having a tense conversation or you have to have a tense conversation with a client to just stand back for a second and say, look, you know what, let's step, take a step back and let's look at, you know, where were we? How did we get here? How are we going to move this forward? What's the next step? You know, um, what's going to make this right? You know, and if it's not a good fit with a client, you have to not be scared to, to let them know that, right? Yeah. You just got to say, hey, it's a difficult conversation. I know, you know, it's nothing against you. I like you. You're great. We're great. You know, everybody's great in this situation. <laughs> it's just not a fit. Or maybe the marketing's not a fit. Or there's something wrong. Um, you know, if you're able to correct this, we can start again. But if not, then, you know, we're going to have to part ways. Yeah. Yeah, those difficult discussions are difficult. <laughs> That's the name. But, uh, but yeah, it's so important. And I, and I love the idea of, embedding that time in to, for, you know, self-care, for thinking time, for uh, strategy time so that you're not booked hundred percent. And that helps you avoid that, you know, entrepreneurial burnout or whatever. So. Yeah. I mean, we had a, we had a server that went down uh, literally yesterday morning and something had happened to the um, kind of failover device. And then we had to do that without getting into the technical aspects of it. We had to do a giant backup restore to a bunch of equipment that no one would really want to have to go through. And my partner who handles all the server equipment and stuff basically worked for about 30 hours straight. Wow. But, um, you know, now I'm going to take over all those other tasks that he has to do for the afternoon and stuff. And he can take the afternoon off and go do whatever. And uh, he also lives in Costa Rica, so he's probably going to go to the beach. And, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so, and we're also a distributed uh, company, right? So um, my wife and I are in Oregon, um, in Hillsboro. Uh, my sound guy that's podcast is out in East Portland. Um, we have a couple of people in Costa Rica, um, you know, and we have some other contractors and stuff around. But, you know, so we don't have an office to go to. You know, when coronavirus hit and everybody's like, oh, do you have to work from home now? And we're like, well, yeah, it's been six years, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nothing new there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing the, the how the world has become so distributed for so many people. And yet, like when quarantine hit, everybody's like, wait, we got to work from home? So um, <laughs> I'm in the same same boat there, right? So if you can look back over the last year or so, if there was one thing that you could redo over that year, what would that be? I think um, with our podcast, and and I don't know if you guys have had a, a similar experience if you started out doing less episodes at the start, mm. but we actually went from one episode a week to when quarantine hit, we started doing two a week and then three a week, and then we actually, a couple of weeks, we did four a week, uh, and now we've kind of landed back on two a week, mm. but we doubled our listeners every month by doubling the amount of episodes. I had no idea that that was going to happen. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. And so I would have done that Mm -hmm. way sooner. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, 
Um, and something that's interesting, and this, I, I mean, this isn't really a direct answer to the, to the question that you asked, but this is very curious, is that a lot of people, because they're in quarantine and they can't go out and they're not commuting, they have more time than they used to have. Mm-hmm. We've been able to get way better access than we normally would have. Like, I think we've been able to get people on our show that we wouldn't have been able to get on our show before, except that they're oh. sitting at home and they're bored. Right? Sure, yeah. And, you know, we've had guys on a show that have, you know, $100 million investment portfolios who wouldn't have talked to me a month before that, right? <laughs> so it's just interesting how um, the quarantine has kind of helped some stuff, but it's also hurt some people very badly, right? A lot of people lost their job. Absolutely. There was, you know, restaurant fallout and, and, and the hospitality industries and the trade show industry and all that kind of stuff. So it's been terrible. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really been our focus. And I know you guys and, and, and a lot of people in the in the agency in the marketing world have said, "Look, how can we help agencies or companies pivot? You know, to maybe pivot their offering or how they deliver or or mm-hmm. other ways that they can use the resources that they have and keep their companies alive." And uh, it's really been nice to see the business community kind of come together around that. Yeah, that that pivot, you know, for those who can, is huge, right. and for those who can't and suffer, man, our heart goes out to them. Um, it's an interesting time, that's for sure. You know, I think almost anyone could pivot like it's mm-hmm. a very small amount but i think also a lot of people are so stuck in kind of the way that they've always done it and you see yeah. this in small and large industries they've always done it that way you know look at a company like kodak they just couldn't get off the money train of film and yeah. they invented the digital camera right yeah you know and look where like they you are said now. earlier yahoo right you, could, yahoo. you know blockbuster i mean you could go on and on about this yeah so yeah, be, don't be afraid to pivot people. Absolutely. Yeah. Matt, this has been great. Um, where can people, when they're ready, as, as listeners are resonating with this episode, where can they find you and Hook SEO? Sure. You just go to hookseo.com. Uh, our podcast is Digital Marketing Masters. And we also have a group on Facebook called Inbox Mastery, uh, mm-hmm. where we talk about email marketing. Excellent. And that email marketing, that's a whole other episode, man. Like that That's is right. such a powerful tool still today. And it's up a couple hundred percent for most of the people you ask in the e-commerce world. The email marketing is crushing it right now. Yeah. Well, go check out that, that mastery course with, uh, with Matt Rouse and Hook SEO. Matt, thanks so much for being a part of Leverage to Scale, my friend. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. 
My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement. Thank you.